Town Bank Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 512138. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. We're back with another episode of the Talk of the Town podcast, where we spoke with Mary White in Richmond, Virginia, NMLS number 239330. Mary's extensive history in the mortgage industry and involvement with so many first-time homebuyers makes this episode more helpful and relevant than ever given the current state of the market. Mary, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Mary White, and I am a loan officer and vice president with Town Bank Mortgage, and we are located in Richmond. I've been doing this in the industry for 37 years now, and I've been with Town Bank since November 2011. What has kept you working with town? What's kept me working with town are the people. Um, they're great to work with. They're knowledgeable. We, I have a fantastic processor and closer. Underwriting is great, and they are so willing to work with me and to make deals work rather than make them not work. And I've been at a couple of other companies where sometimes that's not quite what happens. So, and town has a great name and great reputation, which really means a lot in the world of mortgage lending. What would you say has been the most fulfilling part of your job? The most fulfilling part of my job is seeing people, especially first time home buyers, get the keys to their new homes. They're just filled with so much joy and hope. And for some of my first time home buyers, they're the first in their entire family for generations who have owned homes. And so it really makes me feel like this is a, a mission that I have been given. And it's just a joy to see the joy in their faces. So kind of with that, what is your favorite thing with helping families secure a mortgage, whether they be the first time home buyers or their third home? What is your favorite part about doing this? My favorite part is really working with the people and interacting with them and talking with them. And even when we have the difficult times, still just working together and finding a way through it so that we can get to a successful closing for them. and. It's, yeah, it's just the people. I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially right now in the market, who are still thinking that renting is a lot better than buying if they have the option to do so. What is the biggest reason that you tell people to make the leap from renting to owning? The biggest reason is the fact that rents go up and they are going to continue to go up. Inflation has hit rents as much, if not more so even than what we're seeing in sales prices of homes. I have buyers that are renting and they're spending anywhere from $1,400 to $2,000 a month. And these are low and moderate income individuals spending this much. And so what I share with them is that in purchasing a home, you're putting yourself in a situation where you have a stable housing cost where your payment might go up a very small amount because you're assessed values and then therefore taxes are going up, which is good because that means your value is going up, which is what you want. But it's not going to go up the way we're seeing rents. I've talked to some buyers whose rents are going up as much as anywhere from 100 to $400 a year. And so 
when we're talking to many of our buyers, I'm asking them to look at where do you think your rent is going to be two years from now, three years from now. If it's going to be four, five, six hundred dollars more than where they are today, owning a home is hands down 100 percent of the time a better option. Now, we are in a market where it's a little bit of a challenge because of inventory, but I still have enough buyers purchasing homes that it's still a successful endeavor. The market, I know it's crazy right now. It's, you know, been very interesting to say the least, but do you have any tips for people who are looking to buy and maybe struggling with the, you know, lack of homes at the moment? Well, it's a struggle, especially if you're a first time home buyer, because in the Richmond market, as an example, we have so many cases where there are as many as 25 and 30 contracts on a single property. Some buyers are offering $50,000 and over in cash above and beyond what the value really is in case the appraisal doesn't come in at the sales price. They're waiving home inspections, which just so you know, is crazy. Don't ever do that. Uh, they're waiving appraisals. And as a first time home buyer, I, I don't, I tell them don't compete in that realm. Don't even try to, but what you do have to have is just nerves of steel and a determination and a stubbornness in a good way. Sometimes we're told being stubborn is not good, but this is where being stubborn is a good thing. And just, you got to dig your heels in and just keep plodding through it. It may mean I had one buyer two years ago that looked at 75 houses, but she didn't give up. And um, two years ago, she bought her house and is clo and closed and is now in her house. So you just got to have the stamina to keep pushing and hang in there and know that the right house is going to appear at the right time and it's going to work out. Yeah, I definitely agree. I know for in our department right now, there are three of us who are all, you know, fairly young in our mid early 20s, a little like upper 20s that are all kind of in the process of thinking about making the transition from rent to own. I mean, for me, I just moved out of my family, like my mom's house a couple months ago, so probably like two months ago. So like in my head, it's not even a thing. But for someone like in my position who just made the transition to move out, but wants to start planning to eventually buy and be a first time home buyer. You know, whenever that may be, do you have any tips for someone like me or in, you know, in their early mid twenties who want to buy, but don't even know where to begin? Well, first of all, the, you always want to start with talking with a lender because you want us to take a look at where is your credit? Are there anything, is there anything on your credit that maybe we can work with you on? And it may not be even going from say a, a 600 to a 640, you might have a 680 credit score. And maybe what we want to do is try to work you up into a, maybe a 720 score so we can get you into a conventional loan. In the market we're in right now, a lot of sellers have negative thoughts about FHA and VA loans. And so with many of our buyers, especially first time home buyers, we try to work with them to see if we can't get them into some version of a conventional loan because automatically that kind of sets the tone on a better plane, so to speak, in terms of presenting an offer to a seller. So you want to get started with the lender, have the lender run numbers for you so that you can see exactly 
Um, how much do you qualify for? What do the payments look like um, for that? When I'm qualifying my buyers, and again, especially my first time home buyers, I will give them a spreadsheet that gives a breakdown of the numbers for four different price points. So I might take somebody up to their maximum sales price, which might give them a stroke when they look at their payment, but at least they know how much they can go up to. And then I'll give them uh, three other price points on that spreadsheet, maybe in $5,000, $10,000, $25,000 increments, so they can get a good feel of what's the spread. And that way they get to choose with knowledge what is the price range that they're the most comfortable in. And um, the other thing that I would recommend for all buyers, uh, again, especially first-time home buyers, and especially if you're not currently maybe renting, maybe you're still living at home so you don't have those expenses, is do a spending plan. Um, Virginia Housing calls it a spending plan. You know, I call it a budget. Um, either way, um, work something like that out. Virginia Housing has a great spending plan on their website. There are many websites that you can just Google that will give you a budget. And take a look at that realistically to see if you think you can afford one thing, plug it into a budget to make sure that's really what you can afford without having to sacrifice you know, everything about your life. Because we want you to be in a home of your own, but we don't want you to not have a life outside of that house. That's really helpful. So to transition, you know, still with the first time home buyers, what is the biggest obstacle that you think first time home buyers face during the home buying process, not just in this market, but just in general? Oh gosh, it's really gonna be hard to nail it down to just one because if I can, I'd like to point out two because there are two and they're both equally important and it's what we are seeing. The first one is the level of debt. A lot of the younger first time home buyers, but for that matter, even some of the older ones have a lot of student loan debt. So you want to be working with a lender that can talk to you and kind of walk you through how do you get qualified with that student loan debt? Some lenders, for example, just across the board say, well, we're going to qualify you at 1% of the balance of each of those loans. Well, that's not what HUD says now for FHA loans, and that's not what Freddie Mac says. Freddie Mac and, and HUD say, well, no, we'll, we'll qualify you at a half a percent of the balance of the student loan. But then all of them have rules that say, if you can pull your loans out of forbearance, or out of deferment and put it into an income-based payment plan that's at least a dollar. Fannie Mae says zero dollars, but the others say at least a dollar. Then we can count that payment and not have to count the higher percentages that I just mentioned. Many lenders don't understand that or they miss those points or they just have regulations within their company or rules that require them to count something more. And that has a huge effect on what you can qualify for. The other thing that we're seeing a lot are very high car payments. A lot of folks are going out and, and either getting new cars or getting a new car, but they still have a balance on their old car, so they roll it into the new car. And we're seeing consistently car payments that are running anywhere from $600 a month up to $1,200 a month. And unfortunately, 
at those car payments, unless you've got really, really, really healthy income, and I'm talking like well over 100,000, it's hard to absorb that kind of debt and still be able to qualify for a home that you're gonna find in our market. So debt is kind of a big obstacle uh, for a, a lot of people, not just first-time home buyers. The other obstacle for first-time home buyers today is cash to close. Sellers are not paying any closing costs. They're not willing to make any repairs. I used to be able to, on a, some of the Virginia housing programs to get first time home buyers into their homes for anywhere from $0 up to maybe $2,000 max. Now, minimum $5,000 to get into a house. So it, there's a big difference now in what you need for cash to close. And that's the other struggle. And, and that's just as equally a struggle problem and issue as the debt is. Um, before I move into the next question, I just think it's really important to point out that you've consistently mentioned that as a loan officer, you want to be more of an advisor. You've said that as you just consider wanting to be a home buyer, you should just reach out, not to only reach out to your loan officer if you're ready to buy, you have all the stuff. So I just, I wanted to be able to point that out. You know, that's something that everyone should consider, should take into account that you shouldn't only reach out if you're ready. If you have questions, people should reach out. Do people reach out to you often just for simple questions if they're considering, or is that something that people aren't really taking advantage of? Some people definitely take advantage of it. I wish more would, to be very honest with you, but yes, we got we have a lot of people that will reach out to us. We teach a lot of classes. In fact, just before this, I was responding to someone in one of the classes who's asking me about some credit and job situations because they want to get qualified, but they also want to make sure they're in the right position before they send their information in to me. When people contact me and say, well, I want to buy next spring, and I tell them it's not too soon to go on and take a look now at where you are, because that now we've got time to either fix credit, get money in the bank for savings, look at debt and maybe pay some of that debt off or talk to family to see if maybe they could help with gift funds. When you've got more time to get straight, if you've got issues or concerns, that's a good thing. And so we always encourage folks to go on and take a look at things. Don't wait till you wanna be out of your apartment in 60 days from now, because honestly, it might be too late. You may have to take more time than just 60 days. And it's probably gonna take you more time than 60 days just to find a house anyway. What has been your favorite part about helping first time home buyers or just buyers in general move in? I know you said it was really fulfilling to give them the keys and see that, but do you have any other thing that's really fulfilling to you that makes waking up in the morning and doing this every day worth it? Yeah, I love talking to people about their whole financial situation because doing a mortgage is not this one single entity and one single experience in your life. It is something that will affect everything you do from this point forward in your life because you've got a mortgage payment now and now you have maintenance things and so forth. And I love talking to people about looking at their overall financial health is probably the best way of doing it. So for first time home buyers, that may be talking to them about their budget or how they can work savings up and, and, and how they can plan to 
uh, get rid of debt by maybe doing something like a power pay where you start with your lowest credit card, put $25 a month there, pay that off, and then you take that total payment you've been paying, apply it to the next one. And in that scenario, and I've done a ton of these, if you take $25 a month, you could potentially be debt free in three years if you don't keep using your credit cards, which for most people, they're like, what? Because they kind of see that credit card debt as something looming over them for years and years and years and years. So I love talking to them about their overall uh, financial health. For those folks, those buyers that have more money, uh, maybe they're buying their second or their third home. I like talking to them about whether the right decision is maybe putting 20% down or 30% down, or maybe it's let's put 5% down, but let's pay off some of this other debt because maybe we'll reduce your mortgage payment by $300, but we can pay off other debt that will reduce your total monthly outlay by 1,000 to 1,500 which is far greater, and then they can take the difference and save. So it, it, it's all about looking at folks' financial health and really being more of a financial advisor, even though I'm a loan officer. And I, I love doing that and sharing that. So as a, again, as an advisor versus being more of a loan officer, you want to be a, a source of information and knowledge. Do you have some questions that you're asked most frequently? that you see, you know, across the board in all of your years been doing this, that you get asked a lot by first time home buyers? You know, one of the questions that a lot of them I ask is, you know, what, what does my credit need to look like? What does my credit score need to be? Another question that we get asked a lot across the board is if I'm thinking about changing a job, how long do I have to be in the new job to qualify for a mortgage? Can I change jobs tomorrow or do I have to be there for six months? What is my cash to close? How can I get a lower payment? That's kind of the challenge today with rates going up and prices going up. But uh, those are just kind of some of the questions. Would your answers to those, if someone were to ask, are they all situational? Do they kind of change based on the person or is there you know, a consistent answer across the board that you would provide if someone were to ask you? It really is very situational um, because like with the jobs, we have to get into, well, are you in your same line of work? Is it really the same line of work? So it is kind of situational. Um, it's also situational when people ask about, can I use income from a part-time job or my side business that I've been doing uh, from home? And so there, there are some pat answers to those, but I like talking to people because there's usually a much deeper dive. Same with credit scores. We can say, for example, at Town Bank, we have a minimum credit score of 620. Does that mean that everybody with a 620 credit score is going to get a qualified for a mortgage? No, there are so many other things around that, including the use of automated underwriting systems and whether or not we can get a loan approved through that system. And so it is very situational. And, and that's where, again, if you're listening to this, you see uh, the, you know, online lenders and big lenders and box lenders, kind of like the box stores. Yes, they have some good things that they can provide, but you've got to fit into their square pegs. And if you don't fit into their square pegs, nobody is there to help you figure out, well, how do I become a square peg? Um, I'm a round peg right now. And so you really have got to be working with the lender 
that knows all these guidelines that can kind of shift through it, that can do the deep dive to make sure that once you're in application with a contract, you don't see things starting to fall apart. Now, that doesn't mean that sometimes they don't fall apart because sometimes people don't make good decisions as they start into this process. And we kind of have to dig to find out what's going on that we never knew about earlier, but it certainly eliminates a vast majority of issues. I think you've kind of summed up the overall or the overarching purpose of wanting to work with a local lender, someone you have like a face to, someone who puts your best interests forward, which I can't speak on other lenders or other services, but I feel as though if you don't have someone putting a name to the face and can do that for you, it really, it's like the difference that someone like you or a local lender can provide. And actually, thank you for bringing that up about being a local lender in our current market. We find that there are a lot of sellers that will not consider contracts that are coming in with letters from non-local lenders or online lenders because there are issues with them. Um, typically, they are using appraisers, often appraisal management service that are not local to this area. So what happens? Values get cut. Now, values get cut even using local lenders, but at least you have a better chance of not getting it cut or not getting it cut so much if you're using a local lender who knows the market. And so right now, you know, if I'm a seller and I'm looking at 25 offers, I'm going to be looking at things like, well, are they, are they waiving the appraisal? Well, if they aren't, are they using a local lender or are they using an online lender? Ooh, I don't like that, the idea of an online lender, because then everything and everybody is either out of town or out of state, and I don't want there to be any problems. Is there one or several things that first-time buyers or really any buyers come into this process not knowing that maybe they should know before they even reach out to you for some help? So I think especially for first-time home buyers, it's talking to a lender that can give you the information on programs and what's available, but go out onto the internet and look at what's available locally too. You know, there I talked to a number of first-time home buyers who have been to other lenders. And I'll say, have they talked to you about any of the Virginia housing programs? No. Uh, how much did they tell you you need? I need at least 5% down, 20% down. I need all this money. And I'll say, well, do you have it? And the answer is no. And they're really dejected. And I'm like, okay, let's stop. Let's back up. Let's start this process all over again. And let's look at some of those programs for non-first-time home buyers. I think the biggest thing is finding the right lender because all the other things that we've talked about will fall into place if you're working with a lender that you feel you can trust. And it may not be the lender with the lowest rate in town. Just because somebody has the lowest rate in town doesn't mean they're good at their jobs and they're gonna get you closed on time. And so I think that's really important. And once you get there, that's probably the biggest thing to do ahead of time so that once you're working with your lender, you have a level of trust and then we can go through all of the financial picture for you. So you've helped so many families. Do you, you have, yeah, of course. Do you have one or two or even a couple closings that have really stuck out with you in your time of doing mortgages? Oh my gosh. There are so many, honestly, that stick out. I have helped people who have been incarcerated in the past. 
I have helped people who were homeless in the past. I have helped people who were drug addicts and alcoholics, but have been recovered and changed their life around, get into homes. I've helped people who are the first generation ever in their entire families to own homes. And I've helped people get out of public housing. So those are the, those are the folks that just fill my heart with so much joy because it's not just about, oh, I've done this loan. I've made the number. I'm, I'm, you know, making commission on this loan next. It's, it gives me the real reason why I do this job. And it's not because of the money. And I know that people probably are out there going, yeah, sure. It really isn't. It's the joy of what happens when I help people get those keys to their home. All the other things behind it, you know, the money, the accolades, the this, the that, don't get me wrong, they're great, but they're not the number one reason why I do this at all. Is there any other takeaways or anything else that you'd like to include for anyone else listening at home? Well, sure. What I would say is don't get discouraged. No matter how bad you might feel your situation is with either debt or with credit, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. There is always a way to fix it. It might take you a little longer than other folks. You might need to get a little bit of help. Don't ever pay somebody to help you, like with your credit or other things. There are HUD-approved counseling agencies that will help you for free. You can contact your lender and get those. You can go Google them online, but there is always hope. Don't get discouraged in this market. If you haven't found a home yet, hang in there. The right house is just around the corner. And typically what happens is it's right around the corner just after you give up. So that's why I say, don't ever give up. Um, I, I encourage my buyers and everyone that's hung in there and done what we've said and believed that they can make it happen, they've made it happen. The ones that haven't are the ones that have given up, aren't willing to compromise, aren't willing to see the value, the real value of true home ownership. Wow, well, thank you, Mary, for you know all of that. I think it's been incredibly helpful. This has been a great resource for me, so I know it'll be a great resource for everyone else. Before we log off, do you have the best way for people to contact you if they have any more questions or wanna learn more from you? Absolutely. The best way is to contact me either on my cell phone, and that number is 804-938-2335, or by email, and my email address is mary.white at town with an E, and I always tell everybody, don't forget the E, bankmortgageallwrittenout.com. This has been another episode of the Talk of the Town podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.